You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. Mason Stiver. Hey, guys. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Hey, and special guest, Jarl Tian. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, thanks for coming on. Today's special guest is brought to you by SimLab Racing Sim Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. We're happy to be associated with them. Jarl Tian, thanks for coming on. Um... We recognize you from the Peak Series, or formerly known as the Peak Series. I guess they're calling it uh, the E-NASCAR iRacing Series now, uh, with no sponsor play in place at the moment. Uh, P14 in points uh, there. And uh, so I guess first thing, Jarl, I'll ask is, uh, how's the off-season going? What are you doing now that the season's over and uh, you're locked into the top 20? Um, off-season just... Mainly uh, is all about helping my buddies over up in the Pro Series. I got Brad Mahar and uh, Alex McCollum. They're, uh, they went through the Road to Pro Series, and they managed to get into the Pro Series. And then I'm, I'm going to stick my, uh, uh, my knowledge into that and try to help them as much as possible get into peak. Okay. Alex McCollum is no slouch. Uh, I raced him the other day. He, uh, I think he won. Uh, yeah, but... he's, he's a real fast driver, I'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So working on the pro series. Okay. Um, let's go back in time though and tell us about the beginning. When did you first hear the word iRacing and what did you do about it? The first time probably was in 2009, but I don't think I, I uh, made an account until midway through 2010. I think I only tried it for, for a couple of races. Then I abandoned that account, and I bought another one. Um, well, this is my account now, which is September, I think, 2010. All right. And what kind of hardware are you running for wheels, pedals? Are you on VR or monitors? Right now, I'm on uh, triples, 24-inch, 144 hertz, uh, 1MS uh monitors and i'm on a g29 wheel uh, right now i think the goal is to try to get something better but g29 is plenty enough for oval racing just not just where you want to be if you want to be in the top level of of the road racing series but yeah definitely enough for the oval side to be honest all right i was checking your stats page uh overall winning oval percentage career 22 percent road is 25 percent winning percentage Dirt Road, 44%. Dirt Oval, 20 Those are pretty good numbers. You're above 20 in every category. Uh, what's your favorite, I mean, out of all of them? Um, I would I would say road racing, but it depends on what kind of road racing. I'm, I'm a big fan of Formula 1, so that is my style. Um, there hasn't been one for a while now, so if, there, if there's ever going to be one uh, in the future, I'll definitely try to go for that, but... Um, I guess in terms of racing and the competitiveness, uh, I love the oval side, peak, or eNASCAR, or whatever it's going to be called now. <laughs> um, I love I love the competitive side of that, and I love the 
the, the development side of, of you know improving setups week to week, race to race, and seeing which teams uh, come ahead and which teams you know at the end of the season overall had the best setup. I, I just find that really enjoyable. Well, absolutely. Uh, let's let's jump to peak uh, or the series formerly known as peak, I guess. Let's talk about your season a little bit. Uh, it, I got your finishes written down here, and I'm going to read them off uh, in order, and we'll just see how they land. But 23rd, 37th, 16th, 21st, 22nd, 9th, 7th, 25th, 36th, 26th, 23rd, 9th, 6th, 15th, 22nd, 10th, 14th, and 28th. Looks like a high of sixth. Yeah, that's correct. Um, that sixth place could have been a P5. Uh, <laughs> Ray may have uh, adored me coming to the line, but he really, really wanted that top five as well. So I, I guess I would have done something similar had I been in his position. But um, uh, this season has been a lot of what could have been, I feel like. Um, I think had it gone the complete 180, I think I could have been in the top five of the championship. But considering I had this much bad luck and I still f- finished 14th, I'm relatively happy with that. And I can't wait for next year to, to, uh, to uh, get my luck, you know, in the right way. Yeah, it seems like the, when I read off the finishes, some up and down going on there. Yeah, and definitely. a lot of that's luck and whatnot, racing luck as well. Um, so 14th, were you ever concerned about falling out of the tw- you know, the top 20, or was that ever a problem? Were you close to the top 20? I think uh, like six or yeah, something like six or five races ago, I was around 19th, 20th. Um, if I had a couple of races in a row where I had bad luck, I would have been a little worried, but I uh, just chipped off, you know, 20th around 20th place finishes and. Uh, even a top 10 at some point, I forget which race. Um, and, you know, I, uh, coming to the last two races, I was fairly certain I was going to make it. Okay. Now, tell the listeners about your team structure. Um, you know, you're associated with G2 Esports. Uh, first, tell us about the draft and what you thought about that and how you got involved with G2 Esports and... And uh, then tell us about the uh, the iRacing team and the people that, you know you're doing setups with. Right. So uh, behind the scenes, obviously me. Uh, well, at the start of the season, me, Phil, Philip Diaz, uh, Casey Tucker, and Ryan Michael Luza. We we started off. Uh, Ryan eventually left the team. He joined uh, the team, I think, or uh, I forget the the other name, but either way. Um, then it was just me, Casey, and Phil. Kill, Phil. Uh, stuck with me. Casey eventually uh, got kicked, transferred over to Slip Angle. So right now it's just me and Phil, um, uh, adding Alex and maybe Brad next year uh, if they make it through. And then um, at the start of the year, G2 contacted me before the whole drafting and asked if if I wanted to get drafted. And uh, yeah, they. Uh, when the draft thing was going on, I already knew I was getting getting drafted. I was pretty excited because I knew I know some some people within G2 already. Um, so you know, the pretty exciting times at the at that moment, and they've provided so much uh, stuff to me. They've given me a lot of like Logitech equipment. They've given me a trip to Berlin watching the CS:GO major. That was amazing. Um, yeah, just 
pretty good team, honestly. All right, very good. And um, uh, how is the association with Keegan? I mean, uh, Keegan's out there running really good this year, obviously. Um, he's also associated with G2 Esports. What's the association there? Oh, me and Keegan's pretty good friends uh, way before this, you know, peak stuff. We, we used to work together uh, doing, like, Class A and NAS races back in 2016. And then uh, I eventually left that team because I was going to focus more on working and stuff like that. Um, but then I eventually went back into oval racing and then, you know, the drafting happened and uh, it just so happened that we got drafted together. Um, and I was pretty excited about that. Being on the same, you know, uh, at least on the surface, on the same team as Keegan. And getting him, getting to meet him in real life, that was also pretty cool. Well, you know, if you look at the lineup of the drivers, I mean, uh, it, you guys are from Europe, obviously, and most of the other guys are from the U.S. And so it's kind of neat that you guys ended up on the same team. Well, Keegan being on, from Canada. <laughs> but yeah, I'm obviously from Europe. Can't, that's what I mean, but non-U.S. Right, right, all non-U.S., the, yeah, All yeah. the other guys are U.S., pretty much, except for Christian. That that is definitely uh, uh, something cool, yeah. It's basically the non-U.S. Uh, versus the U.S., pretty much. So tell us about that. What time of day is it in Finland when you're racing normally the Peak Series? Uh, well... Uh, Finland being a different country, I'm from Norway. Uh, Norway, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not the first one that makes that mistake, or or Sweden or whatever. <laughs> they even call a buddy of mine keeps you know f making fun of me, saying I'm from Iceland. So that's <laughs> um, no. Well, right now it's 1 a.m. Uh, as we're doing this. Um, uh, peak races starts at 3 a.m. So definitely difficult when you when you have to go to work at 7 a.m. When the races finish at like 5 5 30 something like that. You don't get a lot. Of, you don't get a lot of sleep for that. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I just make it work. You know, sim racing is my hobby. It, it's my dream to make it into a job sometime. You know, making steady income and uh, making a living out of it. That would be definitely the dream. Probably a couple of years out, and definitely have to improve as a driver to to achieve that. But I think it's definitely a possibility. All right, absolutely. And uh, so, I mean. Tell us this year uh, in Peak, you you guys have grown a lot uh, as a series. You got the big prize that everyone was racing for, the $100,000 uh, purse, and so so, uh, so to speak. Now they're looking for a sponsor. Are you worried that there's going to be a sponsor or not? Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? I, You know, with NBC being involved recently in the homestead, you know, being on television and all that, uh, it seems like we're definitely on an upswing. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I think it'd be pretty hard to to not make it successful. I think if it'd be cool if if NBC did something like what they did last race, just for every race, um, that'd be that'd be amazing. Um, I don't know if that's even remotely possible, or if it's just going to be maybe a couple of races. But if that's if that's uh, it, looks like that's where we're headed anyway. Um, I I don't I'm not too worried about them getting a sponsor. I think iRacing knows what they're doing right now. I think they have probably plenty of offers to to get a title sponsor. Um, so yeah, just looking forward to that to see what they they have up their sleeve. Absolutely. Uh, now Steve Myers was on Twitter 
in the last few days uh, uh, messing around. Like I think they were talking about uh, scanning the Coca-Cola Speedway, and he was kind of joking that maybe if uh, Coke sponsors our series, our Oval Series, uh, maybe we'll scan that track. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, would, I haven't paid attention too much to Twitter, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they're open to a lot of a lot of stuff. Okay, now talking about Twitter, we did get a question from uh, Evan Pasako. Pasoko, he said, uh, "What's your secret to getting Twitter verified? Help me out." You have to be on the greatest team. <laughs> no, G two, I think they they made something happen and uh, they, uh, you know, helped me getting verified. I think it's all who you know, I guess. That's I what it comes down to. All right. Well, uh, congratulations on a good season. I mean, I call it good because the 14th is pretty solid in this uh, lineup of drivers. I, I don't think uh, it's ever been this competitive. I, you've been in the series for uh, a few years. Tell us, is this the you know most competitive it's, uh, that it's been? Well, definitely with this package. Uh, it just makes the field so much closer, and you have to be constantly on your toes and watch your mirrors, watch who's in front of you, who's around you. and I think everybody's also matured as a driver. I think everybody races everybody with a bit more respect than you have to with, with how, you know, how close everybody is. And, yeah, I think it shows great racing all year pretty much. Um, been super exciting as well. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, if people want to follow you, uh, do you do a Twitch stream or are you on Facebook or Twitter? Sadly, I don't do too much Twitch streaming, but I feel like for 2020, I should probably start streaming you know with how big 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 everything is getting now uh wouldn't be too dumb but um if someone happens to stumble upon my stream that would be uh twitch uh slash tv at or slash aerox 202 um hopefully i can get some streams going for next year okay well good luck uh on the 2020 season and uh Good luck on getting those guys in the in the pro series uh, up to the front too. Uh, we'll talk about that, but first I want to mention Podium Esports. Uh, we do uh, sponsor their oval series that runs multi-class Xfinity and trucks on the same track at the same time. I think they did run. I think it was Chicagoland. Uh, I didn't see who won, but check those guys out. Now the uh, Podium guys uh, stepped up and provided an awesome, awesome broadcast of the iRacing Pro Series at Daytona. It was James Pike and Taylor Burris, who uh, both these guys are previous uh, podcast special guests who've been on before. Uh, they were calling the race for uh, the Podium Esports Network, 100 laps on Tuesday night. John Korsalski, if I said that right, takes the win. Uh, there were lots of great racing that I saw that was like two and three wide, uh, big pack kind of thing. Uh, there were big wrecks. Uh, the first one was like this huge, huge net code incident. It was like three wide at the front, and the guy in the bottom just like totally disappeared. And then the guy in the middle all of a sudden jerks into the outer lane. And it was just like this major net code thing, and uh, it wiped out many cars, including Ray Alfala. He was involved, and, and he had some, you know, a rough day from there. Uh, what do you think, uh, Jarl? You were watching the race, obviously. Uh, tell us uh, what you saw about uh, how that went. Yeah, the 
pretty scary uh, for for Alex and Brad. Brad got a little piece of it. Um, I was watching from from their point of view, and uh, they were both pretty scared. Um, you don't want to have lag moments like that. Hopefully, hopefully at some point um, our netcode can get a little better, so people that lag uh, get bigger penalties in terms of you know they're getting the the worst of it rather than people around. We had overall pretty exciting race. Um, and I watched, obviously I was more on the box for, for Alex, but I did, did peek in on a stream a couple of times and I think they did a great job. It looked like a, you know, a great stream. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the coverage was outstanding. I thought, um, I, I can't be more impressed with what uh, podium esports is, is putting out. It's as good as race spot any day. Um, they're definitely equals and, uh, Ed James and Taylor calling the race. They're like, uh, you know, old season professionals, you know, it's kind of like listening to Benny Parsons or somebody like that. But uh, they were calling the strategy uh, as it happened and they knew who was teamed with who and and uh, lots of good discussion and to learn about these drivers, this new set of drivers, uh, this new group uh, and, you know, kind of get the names and stuff. And uh, but yeah, I was I was uh, definitely um, entertained. I watched the last part of it. And uh, good, good race. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I watched the point of view from I forget the name, but it was on Facebook, and he was, it was him commentating the the final the final lap, and uh, yeah, you see his microphone, everything set up, and him watching the whole whole pack from the very front car, and I w I don't know how people manage to do commentary like that. I just it's nuts. Yep, and uh, it, it was a good. There were lots of good racing, uh, even at the end. And uh, but uh, let's keep moving. Next, uh, Chris, we got a a release. Yeah, another um, good sized update for the 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 beta interface. Um, a few of the the most notables being a, a much needed league points update and uh, many driver profile updates, tooltip updates. Um, I haven't used it still. I need to get back on there. I haven't used it in months uh, since I started rolling out all these big updates. Um, any other updates on there you guys saw that um, yeah. made a difference to you? Not enough to try it. I, it's getting there, though. It seems like these, these updates have been rolling out pretty quickly. It seems like they're at least... Um, they're still trying, yeah. Yeah, they're making, a, and it seems like they're making a lot more progress now than what they have been. Excuse me. In the last couple of years, I don't know. Until you know, when you go to the hosted on the regular website, there's so much information. You know, you you have access to everything without clicking on anything. You can hover over the helmet and see the people in the room. You can see, you know, how many pit stalls are taken. You can see how long the race is. You can see what cars it is. You can see the track. On the beta, you have to click around to see this stuff, and and it's just cumbersome. And until they can match what the website does, I'm just not interested. You know, it's not an up, it's not a feature if it's worse. Yeah, and I wonder. Uh, I need to go there to see how it taxes your machine now, because that was my biggest thing. Because kind of what you had said in the past was I fired up, and it sounded like I was running a race. You know, my all right. my fans would start kicking on. And most of the time, I want to run up. You know, I want to load it up. I want to get everything loaded up. Pretty much have the lobby ready to go, ready to race. And I might sit there for half an hour while I go do something else. You know, but I don't want my computer to run like crazy that whole time. Exactly. So, well, 
I'll have to try it. I, you know, I, I haven't tried it in a while, but they are still working on it, so I give them that. Okay, Mason, Base 51 is L.A.'s newest entertainment attraction. Yeah, so I think uh, Base 51 is trying to compete with, like, the Autobahn karting tracks and, and those kind of things, but it's basically a uh, sim rig place that you can go and, and run a racing simulator uh, in L.A. So you go you go in there, arcade-style kind of place, but it's got, uh, got beer, got wings, got... All the bar food you could want, um, and you got the CXC simulations motion rigs, um, and uh, you can even train like the pros. You can like schedule a time that you want separately. So it's in the Hawthorne, California. If you're looking it up. Starts at twenty-five dollars per race. Race lasts about fifteen minutes. It includes a briefing, qualifying, and race. And you choose between VR or a hundred and sixty-five inch display. It says. That'd be a cool place if you haven't tried VR to go try that, or somebody like me that maybe raced on a Thrustmaster and wants to actually try racing in a rig. Or how about just try a motion rig? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, see if it's worth all the money before you go out and spend it. (laughs) Where else are you going to test drive them? I mean, this is one of the original motion rigs, right? They've been around for a while. I hope this place does well. It it be it seems like since they're selling food and beer with it, they might be able to. You know, most of these places go out of business, but there's the Dave and Buster's model of selling food along with the stuff seems to kind of. Yeah, work. like let's have some beers and let's go race each other, man. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do it right and hope they they blow up. Okay, let's keep going, Tony. How did this happen? <laughs> well, it's. A long story that started way back when um, we got a post. Uh, it looks like it's coming from the iRacing Drivers World uh, Facebook group from uh, Chops Crowback, and uh, <laughs> he's sitting up high on the fence, uh, real high. In fact, um, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, quite like this. It looks like the uh, the catch fence caught his truck uh, right on the right on the front tires and just holding them there in suspension that's um how he got up there i would really like to see the video um where this picture came from it's like the front axle is impaled on the very top line of the fence yeah and i mean if you look uh we got like you know two three people one guy's like almost standing right underneath that i don't know if i was saying i might be bailing out of there <laughs> right he's got to look it up almost at it like uh what's here what's going on here yeah, he seems to be a little too comfortable there. Oh, my beer. I gotta go climb up here and get this guy out of this truck. But I, I couldn't figure out his paint job. What does it say? Mr. Mr. Wife. X, Mr. Ex-wife. Mr. Ex-wife. Oh. <laughs> okay, no link because that's a closed group and uh, links don't work. There's no way to share link. It's kind of stupid. Chris, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it looks like we have um, a little issue with the F3 cars. Um, there's been some users on the forums uh, reporting that they flip over if you curb them too hard <laughs> at a Nuremberg ring. And uh, they, they posted some videos, and sure enough, like if you, I mean, you do have to get a, get a pretty good curb into it, but if you get it up off the air, it gets to a point where it just kind of turns into a, an airplane and just kind of flips over. I mean, they're not curbing them really deep. I mean, they're they're bringing the the rights right up onto the far edge of the curb, but not over it. 
you wouldn't expect the car to turn over and flip, you know, in a full 360 flip. Yeah, definitely something needs to be adjusted. There needs to be a number. It needs to be tweaked someplace. Yeah, the video is kind of dramatic. And when you watch it, it's like, whoa, you don't expect that kind of uh, physics, I would guess you'd call it. <laughs> There's a second video somebody else put. And, uh, you know, same thing. I mean, he, he didn't hit it very hard, but that baby just rolls. Okay, next up, I got an announcement from Greg West at iRacing. He said, the Ferrari GT3 Challenge is now the BMW 12.0. And so they're going to change the series up. Uh, they always intended to change the car at some point, and so that's what they're doing. And it's now going to be the BMW, and uh, it'll be a 12-minute long race uh, fe featuring the M8 GTE. Setups are fixed. It's going to feature a schedule that mirrors the Formula Sprint Series to minimize the burden of purchasing different tracks for different series. And uh, the Ferrari GT3 is still available to race in both the VRS Sprint and the VRS Endurance Series. So what do you guys think? Ch good change? Bad change? I didn't run it, so... I'm curious to see how it'll work out. You know, we... Uh, glad. I think it's a good thing it'll stay fixed setups, but that also means that people are going to have to buy it, that car. I think it's a good idea to keep things fresh, you know? Um, what about you know, the race length? 12 minutes? Like, I don't know much about uh, about that, but it seems rather short to me. I got the impression this was kind of like a carb cup for road racing. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, that certainly makes sense then. Eight-minute qualify with a 12-minute race? Well, <laughs> right. You do make a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just a short, fixed race is the impression I got. But I don't know. We'll see. There are people in the thread that, of course, are livid, you know. I just bought the Ferrari and da 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 but, you know, you always have those. All right, Mason, we got a, a post about which beginner dirt car. Yep, we had a post uh, from Jamie Thomas, uh, first year UK iRacer, um, looking to start off in the dirt series. Um, and he is asking, should he start off in the 305 Sprint or the Dirt Limited Late Model? And I said, maybe what about the Dirt Legend uh, to get some experience there? So... What do you guys think? I would probably do late model. I enjoy that one, but I have yet to buy a dirt oval car. I've been I ran the free cars that they gave us, and uh, I don't feel like I'm good enough to really go into the other ones, and I haven't. But if I was to, and so I'm in the same situation. If I decide to buy one, I think I'm going to do the uh, 405 uh, winged actually, because I've done the test drive on them all. Wait a minute. Do you have your license up to that series? No. It's 305. 305 is the beginning series. Good point. Yeah, now, I can't, uh, you know, um, compare the two. I, I do have the 305 sprint car, and I, I rather like it, and I found it quite easy to um, get around the track. Um, I believe I've done a race or two. I've done a heck of a lot more practicing than I have racing. I know that for a fact. Um, but I've heard a lot of people talking about the late model, and it has intrigued me. Um, but I, I found the 305 sprint car to be pretty safe, and that's coming from a pretty crappy dirt driver. Yeah. 
Well, and, and one guy, Jeff Kendrick, he says, hey, you got to decide, are you going to go with the full-bodied cars or are you going to go with the open-wheel cars and then kind of go down that path? You know, get to 305 if you're open-wheel. If you're going to be full-body, you know, do the dirt-limited late model or, or something like that. Okay, uh, next we got a Crash Compilation. Tony. Yeah, this was uh, posted by uh, Samuel Duecki. We'll go with that. Um, up on the forums, he, he posted, uh, I don't know if this is his uh, YouTube channel, but it's iRacing Sam is the, is the name of the, uh, the channel. Anyways, it's a four and a half minute video crash compilation. And yeah, there's, uh, there's quite a few of the uh, clips of the Skippy uh, getting all wrecked out, smashed up. and Big fields, uh, reckon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you get to see how the cars tear apart. And, um, oh, it, was a, it was a pretty entertaining video, to say the least. It was really neat to be able to see those, those cars just destroy each other and completely The parts apart. coming off, yeah. It, you know, it really highlights that new damage model. Yeah, that's going to look really good, especially when they, you know, when they are able to open it up to more cars, and, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of these videos posted up. Right. Yeah, it was interesting to see the, the wheels coming off and all that stuff. So, yeah, if you want to see some, uh, that's a pretty good video for it. Oh, with this, did they, it, it is just the Skippy that they're they're testing the, the damage model on, correct? Yeah, he, yeah, he has other cars in this, but uh, a bunch of his replays are of the Skippy. But, no, I think it is just the Skippy. Yeah, because I thought I saw it now. I, I was trying to find uh, the minute. Uh, the time code for when I saw this, but it looked like more of a, an F1 or uh, indie style car um, that got wrecked and just completely shattered. Like parts just like it looked almost like an explosion. Um, and I'm pretty, pretty confident it wasn't the Skippy, but um, maybe it was and I just didn't notice. I'm just drooling at the thought of the oval racing when you're at Dover and you come through the banks in one and two, and you come up on that back stretch, and there's just crap all over the track, and carbon fiber, and pieces, and parts, and you're trying to pick your way through there without getting a flat. All I can think of is R.I.P. me. <laughs> I hope it's like that. That'll be cool. All right, next we had a video uh, put up. The USAC World Championship, presented by Flow Racing Race Rewind at Kokomo. And uh, darn it, I was hoping Will was going to be here to talk about this one. Um, I didn't see it. But uh, I think they did do a, a social media shorter video of this, and I did see that. And they were highlighting um, the one driver, I believe he was a 14-year-old, and he uh, was riding the wall, and he kept getting into it like three laps in a row. And then on the third time, it kind of stuck. And and uh, But they were highlighting that. and It was interesting. Um uh, but that wall will bite you at this track. Those midgets are hard to drive, that's for sure. Well, they're a lot more harder to control than the winged cars, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, next up, Chris. Uh, this was one we were hoping Shane would be here for, but do hydraulic brakes feel better than load cell brakes? Uh, yes, we had an iRacer that um, 
He has a nice set of pedals now, but he's looking to maybe go hydraulics and was just looking for some help on the forums. And um, let's say he got some advice from, I guess, I don't know the, the Husenfelds or Huskenfelds or how you say their names. I don't know the guys, but the response, I, I believe, was from the pedal manufacturer themselves. And uh, his advice, he did say that most of the better hydraulic and load cell sim pedals compress a stack of rubber bushings and or springs. A lot of the feel comes from this. Most systems, when used properly, measure the force this takes. So both are force sensitive, which is their selling point. If you design a load cell brake and a hydraulic brake to compress the same stack of rubbers the same distance at the same foot force, they will feel quite similar. And so <laughs> that answer didn't make a whole lot of uh, sense to me, and I haven't used particularly fancy pedals at all. But um, for me, I, I like traveling my pedals, and it seems to me like most load cell um, brakes I've seen tend to have less travel. Uh, do you, what about you, Mike? You actually have a nice set, set of uh, I have hydraulic, hydraulic and it has tons of travel, so you'd love these. I mean, I, I, can, I ride my finger, my foot on it, I kind of rest my foot on it because it's got so much travel. Well, yeah, and see, so the load cell, I mean, it's basically, uh, I mean, I know when they started, they were basically postal scale. Thing, and it's still pretty much the same thing. It's just going to be a small computer chip with a little plunger on it. And I just don't see how you can ever make that into what I want. I think you would have to get, you know, get a set of pedals like what you have. But mine also have what he's describing is the stack of rubber bushings. Okay, and the, and when my pedals failed the other day, it's those rubber bushings that are cracking, and and uh, when they crack and I step on it, the pressure of it squeezes the thing off, and they pop off because they're cracked, and so that's where my failure was. It wasn't in the hydraulic part; it was in the rubber bushing stack. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that that sounds like the way to go. I know um, this guy is probably going to spend a lot of money to try out hydraulics, but I did see a guy that kind of Tony Groves up his pedals once, and I've been meaning to try this, and if somebody tries this, I think it'll give you an interesting feel for a lot less money, but somebody had put uh, used um, uh, RC car or RC truck um, shocks, and they screwed those onto their pedals. So you had you know, that coilover plus you an adjustable hydraulic shock there in the center. It seems like it worked pretty well for you know a little bit of money. Hey, if it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's like I said, that's the Tony Groves model. If it works. Are you kidding me? That is bloody genius. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but it seems like it would be. It'd be the perfect size, right? Well, yeah, yeah, you would think. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm still learning how brakes work, even though I have some nice ones. I really don't understand exactly how they work, but. Um, I, Shane was doing research on load cell because he was trying to understand what's the difference from like a, a crap uh, pedal, you know, like a G27 and, you know, what, what's the difference as he goes up to, you know, some Fanatec uh, pedals or something like that. But we'll see. Uh, Shane's getting a new wheel. I just shipped it to him today. It's uh, David's old wheel and uh, we're going to pass that over to him and he's going to buy a rim for it, I, hopefully soon. Um, I don't know if he picked one yet, but okay, Mason, tell us how fast can I quickly disconnect after a software crash? Yeah, um, I think we've all had some kind of crash where we could boot it out of the server at least once in our iRacing career. Um, but uh, Butch Bernie 
uh, posted up that he has had iRacing freeze three or four times in the past, usually between qualifying and race start. Uh, exact message, uh, something, well, let me see it here, something like, uh, uh, how can you quickly disconnect after, like, it, it says something about the disconnect there. I forget what it says. Uh, whenever you get disconnected, a throughput delay, something like that. But anyway. Uh, but if the sim goes down is basically what you're saying. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so the Randy Cassidy put, put up that restarting the iRacing service has absolutely nothing to do with when the join button reappears on the member website after you've been involuntarily dropped from a session. Nor does rebooting the computer. Playing Tetris for the same amount of time would have the same impact. Wait for 30 or 45 seconds to refresh the web page. So if you do get booted, just keep refreshing until it comes back. So that's the real question the guy had was, uh, how long do I have, or what do I have to do to get the join button to highlight again so I can click it and relaunch? And so a lot of people, and I thought this too, is yet to restart the, re, the iRacing service, you know, and they would quick quickly you know go to windows services and right click disable right click enable and but you know what this guy just said you know what you wasted your time you didn't have to do that you just have to wait the join is something on their end uh there's a, a built-in delay before it will come back you can actually uh check in game if you have a if you have a buddy in the race while the other guy dropped out you can actually actually ask your buddy to check your quality and you can see that slowly dropping down to zero and as soon as it's zero that's when when you get the join button back oh okay so it's a countdown to zero there huh yeah kind of i don't know if that's a like a built-in timer or whatever but i think it's like a, a, a kind of a timeout system so when he sees it at zero you could yep. hit refresh on the page and it would come up exactly you'll actually see the message in game this and this person dropped out of the game Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Maybe you learned something today. Okay, Tony, uh, a rig for the little guy. Yeah, this uh, this came came up on the forums. Uh, Will Fisher posted asking if anybody had uh, you know, built a rig for for their kid. Um, his uh, his son loves to wants to drive and tries to drive his dad's rig, but you know, little guy can't reach and. Uh, well, it sure wouldn't take long. Somebody found a found a picture of somebody that did exactly that, and it's a it's a just a basic wooden rig, um, built nice nice and carpeted, and they used a, a booster seat um, for the little guy to sit in, and nice little monitor on there. Looks like that's a, a Logitech GT wheel. Um, that'd be perfect for a little guy, and it's set right up to uh, you know, the dad's rig, uh, both can race together, and uh, this is awesome. That's really cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's very cool. I saw this. I'm like, yeah, dad and son can race together side by side. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know uh, if you guys can see that because it's in a particular forum uh, that's restricted to a certain locale, but... Uh, it's a pretty neat uh, little rig. Uh, were you able to see it, Tony? Yeah, yeah, it showed up for me. Not a problem at all. I could uh, search right through that whole that that whole post and and see all the pictures and everything. Okay, good. You just needed a link to it, I guess. That picture is amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
And so, uh, yeah, he's got a, you know, got it set up. Uh, I, I, it, the seat he's sitting in, it looks like, like you said, it's a car seat perhaps for a child, but they modified it. So it kind of, or it looks like it goes around the head and the shoulders, kind of like a racing seat. No, no, that's how, that's how booster seats, uh, come nowadays. I Um, see. Yeah. And, uh, generally like what once the, and it's got uh, once belts the tra- and everything right Upholding? uh no this one wouldn't have belts but it's it's you, you would put the car belt uh through the little hoops and stuff but it does have a cup holder and that is extremely important <laughs> okay next up uh nashville coming to iRacing hashtag soon uh none other than mr dale junior dale jr dale earnhardt jr i can't even speak uh, put out on Twitter this week uh, a picture of the iRacing van, the scan van, at Nashville Speedway. And so the iRacing crew were there um, scanning it before they tear it down and rebuild it or whatever they decided to do. I don't know what they're going to do. Later in the day, we did get a tweet from Kevin Iannarelli, who's the, the staff member who does a scanning. Uh, he tweeted up, uh, that's a wrap uh, from the Nashville uh, Speedway, Fairground Speedway. That's cool. That's cool to preserve it, even if they are going to tear it down, whatever they're going to do with it. Hopefully we'll see it soon on there, and they can do like they did with Iowa and get the cup cars there. I didn't expect this. I mean, we knew about the North Wilkesboro for weeks. We've been talking about it, but I had no idea that Dale was cooking this up, uh, so this is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm an avid listener to his podcast, just like I know all you guys are as well. And he is—he had definitely not said anything about this this one happening. And because he's there when those guys are there, I bet he was involved in making it, you know, all come together. Yeah, maybe he's just got like this whole this whole program going, finding these you know old tracks that they're about to tear down, or and maybe in a bit of you know, maybe they're in a state of disarray and. Uh, to have this happening, because I know he's been speaking a lot about the the whole preservation, and um, he's uh, just an absolute freak for the for the history of racing and stuff like that. So um, I guess you know no better guy than uh, Dale to um, you know push i racing to get this stuff to happen. It's so cool that he stayed in the sport as a commentator, and then uh, he still has a voice, so to speak, and he still has his you know podcast and. You're always afraid when uh, a, a big star like that, you know, retires and goes home and he's not around anymore, you know, what's going to happen. But uh, he's still around. So that's that's what's cool about Dale. All right, let's keep moving. Mason, we have the Rallycross World Championship at Sonoma. Yeah, we got our YouTube video here of the broadcast. Um, round three at Sonoma looks like Johan Harth took the whole shot. Um, another wreck on second lap took out three cars after a guy hit the tires and came back onto the track, but Hearth came away with the win. So he yep. got through got through all that and took the win. Yeah, check out the first lap at the jump and right after the jump, man, a bunch of cars involved. Uh quite a mess. Now I did watch this one. Now this was fun to watch, like I said, for the first lap or two. Uh on that second lap there were these they were focused on these three cars running and uh, some car came off the track and came back in and just took them out. And so there was some carnage. It was kind of fun to watch, but after the second lap, 
Johan just drove away and uh, nobody could catch him. And, uh, he, you know, he just let it everything and, and brought it home. Okay, Chris, a quick hit on the Porsche GT4. It will not be in this next build. <laughs> but it does look like um, some my racing staffers do like to watch people speculate and watch the dumpster fire that is the forum sometimes. It is announced that it's in production, but it's not confirmed for the build. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, next, I have uh, Addicted to the Lounge. Well, good. You got another place to listen to podcasts. Uh, Tony, you corrected me. Uh, I thought this was new, but it's been around for a while. It's called uh, Podcast Addict, and it's for Android in the Google Play Store. Yeah, actually, that... Uh... On, I've been using Podcast Attic for about a few years now. It's um, it usually works pretty darn good. It's got its bugs every now and again, but uh, um, yeah, it, it works quite well. Yeah, and so check them out. We actually have 192 subscribers on that particular feed. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we have all 198 episodes up there. All right, Tony, we got the um, iRacing member highlights video for September. Yeah, uh, post it to, to YouTube. Um, check it out. I mean, uh, we, we say this time and time again about the video editing on these things, and uh, this one certainly doesn't disappoint. Um, there's a, a lot of good content on this video, um, especially I like the, uh, I think it's the second video. There's a couple of really big saves. Uh, Bone steel. I, Yes, yes. Uh, he's fucking almost completely sideways and uh and is able to to get it back back into shape and he doesn't doesn't look And like then he, he does it again. Well, yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. He doesn't really lose a whole lot of ground because it looked like he was in about second place and yeah, he he did it again in the same corner. Um yeah, it was uh pretty wild. Yeah, like you said, it's uh, entertaining to watch. There's all these near misses where, you know, the guy threads the needle and as uh, they're wrecking all around him kind of thing. Yeah, and, you know, uh, just as a reminder, like another really neat thing about this is, you know, you submit your, your replays, they feature it, and you win iRacing credits. That's right, and you get your name right at the beginning of the video. They're popping in the name of uh, the person. So uh, pretty cool. I've I've raced with Bone Steel. I recognize that name, so I threw it out. But I used to race with that guy. I don't know where he's racing now, but that's a really cool name. Okay, let's keep uh, moving. Mason uh, Josh Rogers says it still hasn't quite sunk in. Yeah, we have a post up by Chris Leone of iRacing um, on their homepage that uh, is talking to Josh Rogers about his um, championship run. With the BRS GT iRacing World Championship and the Porsche Esports Super Cup. Uh, he's currently running in the Gfinity Supercars E Series um, and is in the lead, I'm sure. Um, but he's been jumping between different cars and, and kicking butt. <laughs> but, he's on uh, fire this year. Yeah, this is a little hard to read because they don't have like a clear, like Rogers talking and the, the interviewer talking. But, uh, but some good stuff here, um, just Josh talking about his experiences in, in each different series and uh, how each car is different. So that's pretty cool to read about. 
yeah, kind of a long format Q and A uh, article. But uh, yeah, got to give him props, man. Getting it done. Uh, Josh is an exceptional driver. He's just uh, one level above everybody else. I feel like in any car. Yeah, and so and that team, uh, Kawanda Simsport, and those guys, uh, boy, they're just hot to trot right now. Oh yeah, I feel like they have everything figured out, no matter what uh, build, no matter what car. Right, they're, the, they're the team to beat, team, right? Yep, team to beat in any series. That's right. Okay, uh, Chris, have you ever had overages on your cell phone bill? <laughs> Not like this guy has. <laughs> um, David Butler, a new iRacer, had recently um, downloaded the software, and he was doing an update before he started playing. And he ended up with a uh, 634 euro phone overage for a 55 um, gigabyte um, cellular overage, which obviously was a lot more than eye racing, but he did uh, right into the forums to kind of warn everybody be careful. So he's make using sure. his phone's hotspot to download eye racing, right? Yeah, make sure you know what they're charging you for it before you use it, that's for sure. Okay, uh, I, I know people that have raced on the hotspot, but I don't know if about, it's a good idea to download. But uh, later in the thread, there are people that point out that. Even though he mentions 55 gigabytes, the entire amount of iRacing is not even close to that amount. It's much lower. Uh, one guy said 32 gigabytes. Uh, another guy said 37 gigabytes, and he has 100% content. Yeah, now, David Tucker posted on this, too, and uh, he said he believes the default member's install is around 5 gigs. Um, but having all the content may be close to 20 gigs. He says his current install is only at 11, but he doesn't tend to grab all the latest cars. So, Yeah, when you go to the download page, when they put out an update, I always hit the thing where it says check all, and it check marks all the boxes, and it downloads everything even though you don't have it. So that's what he's talking about. Don't check mark the boxes. Okay, uh, next, hardware, software. Uh, I got the Turn R8 LMS 2020 Sim Steering Wheel. And uh, this is at TurnRacing.com, 1150 uh, Another great wheel. I mean, we talk about wheels every week, guys, but this one is kind of a different look to it. I love the bright color, too. The buttons are outstanding, you know. Looks uh, high build, high quality. Yeah, absolutely. Got turn signals in case you need them. Um, I, you know, the button layout's nice. It's got the three turn knobs in the middle. You know, for bias, ABS, traction control. Oh, it's got a quick release too. I'm not sure if that comes with it. Yeah, I do see that in the picture. Hmm. Yeah, this would be one. Uh, we got our teammate Shane looking for a rim. Maybe uh, he could get this one. I think this is a little high for him, <laughs> but. That is a nice one. All right, let's keep uh, moving. Mason, tell us about Aaron Sim. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Sim, whichever you want to call it here. Uh, uh, that link's not loading. Hold on. A-E-R-O-N. There we go. Okay, sorry. It had to come from Italy. That's why it was taking so long. Uh, so this is an Italian uh, sim racing company. Um, they've got all kinds of sim racing parts, like monitors. They have some pretty beefy handbrakes. They've got a gear indicator. 
They've got the Aeron Sim Evo 3.1 rig. Um, it's like uh, tubing, like metal tubing, um, with one support coming up from the side, from the right-hand side for your wheel, and then your pedal tray. So uh, check them out, especially if you're in Italy. They look like a, a solid company here, especially if you're looking for handbrakes. Lots of handbrake options. Yeah, I noticed that. And the rig, uh, they have their own rig, and like you said, it don't, the steering platform only comes up on one side, not on both sides. I mean, uh, what do you think of that design? We don't ever see that, hardly ever. That's some pretty beefy tubing, though. That's true. It looks solid. I like it because you can get into the, you know, when you go to sit down, you get in from that side and, you know, you don't have to, like, thread your, you know, feet into the hole, so to speak, or the sleeping bag. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for handbrakes, I mean, uh, they have at least five on this page I'm looking on. Different styles and pricing. Um, so check them out. That's the aironsimulator.com. Chris, uh, apexsimracing.com. Apexsimracing.com, they, um, uh, seems like I've seen that name around a bit, um, but they sell, um, button boxes, wheels, um, Pretty pretty decent looking stuff at a good price. Um, do you guys know much about these things as far as the durability? I really like um, these button pods, 150 bucks, and you can stick them on either side of your window or your uh, steering wheel. I'm sorry, and it'll give you the ignition switch, a starter button, six buttons. Uh, pretty cool. Well, you get a, a whole dashboard for 400 bucks, which isn't a bad price, I don't think. Yeah, Meege Mount dashboard, 400. Yeah, that one is cool. I think Mike was looking at the the button plates. Yeah, I haven't he... went real deep into them. It's just hard to tell what they're made out of. I can't tell if it's just plastic with carbon fiber over it or if it's, you know, they're pretty sturdy. Because, well, Mike, those might work for your uh, your wheel because you don't like the cheap Fanatec one. That's right. I mean, I, I could buy one of these, uh, these steering bucks. wheel button plates. They're pretty, yeah, 600 bucks, 550 bucks. But those buttons look solid, don't they? Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, and my wheel would mount to that. So, uh, but but what how what about the the quick release part? You know, I don't know what's on the back of that. I'd have to figure it out. Damn, that's expensive too. So I just looked at that uh, midge mount dashboard, and uh, that's uh, it's made from five millimeter carbon fiber. Nice. Yeah, yeah metal so mounting she's, brackets. Yeah, she's solid. Yeah, and their button go to the button box page and they have these really cool ones they're called the Apex Slim Racer and click on that $110. They're on sale and they're like a miniature kind of button box, but they do have quite a few on them. But they're like thin and narrow and you can mount them right on your 8020. That one with the two switches and the dials and the buttons, you could set those to do a million things. I like how, well, it is called Slim Racer, but it's real slim. It's narrow and small. Yeah, so this website is like a kid in the candy store. They have lots of good stuff, don't they? And you know what I like? It, uh, it automatically comes up in uh, Canadian currency for me. I don't have to push nothing or try and figure out the uh, conversion rates and anything like that. Bit of a bonus. There you go. So the website, apexsimracing.com, 
they got stickers and stuff like that too. If you need stickers for the box, uh, they got ten dollars. You can get some labels. Okay, Mason, only the best for your virtual booty. Yeah, we got a, a link from Sparko here. The Evo 2 US seat looks like a big old cushion uh, for your butt and carbon fiber frame, I'm guessing. Looks like a molded frame or fiberglass composite shell. I apologize. It is fire retardant in case you light your rig on fire from getting wrecked. Um, and it gives you uh, some different options here. The Evo is a medium size, Evo 2 is a medium tall. Evo 2 US is the large size. I don't know if that's saying something about us people living in the US. Uh, and the Evo 3 is extra large. So choose the one that fits your butt. Man, I would get the big one even if I don't need the big one, I think. It says the Evo 2 US retains the height and shape of the extremely popular Evo and adds in 1.5 inches of width. So they're saying Americans are fat. Well, I carry stuff on my belt too, and that messes me up. And. I might like that Evo 3. Man, I saw this wheel, I mean, this seat, guys, and I'm impressed. I mean, boy, this looks like a high-end seat, but the price is high-end, too. $825. Oh, yeah. FIA certified. Take it right out of your car and put it on your rig. All right, let's keep moving. Tony, uh, we've talked about this before, but we got to bring it up every, every now and then so people know. Uh, Four Play Racing USA. Yeah, that's uh it's an eBay store and they sell anything and everything that you could want to mount to your 8020 rig. Um and the prices seem to be, you know, actually quite reasonable coming from me. That's that's pretty good, I think. Um but yeah, I mean it, I I could go through the list, but our podcast would probably be an extra hour long. Um so basically, if you could think of it think it up, these guys probably have it. They sell the full uh, 80-20 platform, too, everything. I mean, the entire cockpits. Uh, here's one for $1,100. Uh, it says four-play racing competition platform with triple monitor mount. And it's a awesome-looking, you know, 80-20 rig. It's up off the ground is what I like about theirs. Is Their style is let's get this 80-20 up and it has, have them on four feet, basically, you know. Oh, there I see it now. Sorry, took a second. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously it's going to be stable as long as you can get it flat on a flat surface. Yeah, I don't see any problem with it. Um, but I like that it's up off the ground. I, I don't know why I like that, but I do. But, uh, I mean, we talk about so many different eighty twenty rigs, uh, you know, companies right now. The, the Sim Labs, you got the Track Racer, um, and then don't forget about foreplay racing and they sell through eBay and they have tons of stuff. Like if you just want to buy a part, like a, Oh, I want a, a thing to put my mouse on, on my 80, 20 rig. They actually have that. Well, how about a cup holder? Like you got to have a cup holder on your rig. Right. And just they, the they, little they, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They have that. There you cool. go. <laughs> okay. Next I have a rig review uh, on Instagram. Uh, this is from iRacing. They put up on their Instagram uh, a bunch of user uh, rigs, so to speak, or cockpits. And the very first picture of the group of uh, pictures they put up, the guy's got a, a car seat out of a car uh, sitting on top of a tire, an actual tire, um, in front of a 
it looks like uh, some kind of wheel stand that, that combos with a pedal. I can't remember the name of it. It's like one of the next level ones, maybe. Next level. Yeah, it's like the cheap next level one. But funny, uh, what do you think of his wheel? I mean, his seat and his seat stand. Man, I thought I was redneck when I used my slippers underneath my, my office chair to stop it from rolling. Uh, this is taking it to a whole nother level. Um, but I kind of got a little excited when I saw it. I was like, good for him. This is great. He does have some trophies over there. I see the trophies. Now, How I don't... There's no way that seat's mounted to the wheel. I mean, to the rubber wheel. I mean, how would it mount? It's just sitting there? <laughs> it has to be, because, you know, the first time you jump on that brake kind of hard, you're going ass over tea kettle. <laughs> yeah, but those brakes are Thrustmaster brakes, and if they're not the load cell kit, they're just free moving. Like, there's no feedback to push on them. Oh, but like I've I've just got the the G29 and I have actually fallen back when I didn't have my rig fully put together and I was just using the seat part of it. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot. Just a little, just get a little excited and boop, there you go. You're on your back. Okay. So we're gonna go from the worst rig ever to the best rig ever, Mason. Yeah, this is the uh, the JCL-SimRacing.com uh, entry for best sim rig ever. It, it is the V4 frame. It looks like to be some more of the aluminum channel, the 820, uh, with the the new V2 black aluminum. So it's a black 820. Um, and it's got the D-box motion, full motion. Uh, it says it was five, five generation two actuators mounted and settled, or setted, whatever that means. Um, with a six-point harness, bucketed bracket seats for the Sparco seats. Uh, it's shipped in a wooden crate, in case you're wondering how it's shipped. Um, it, looks, it says it's, uh, let's see. It says it's affordable. Well, yeah. 38,000 euros? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> 35,700 US is what that translates to. And wow, I couldn't believe the price, but man, D box is awesome. But is it really that much? Yikes! I mean, it's got a lot of stuff here. Like you're moving everything. I like the colored brackets with the black. That looks nice. Yeah, man, I... it's it's all it's all moving. Like you got you got your whole big long base, which is a lot of aluminum, and then I don't, and then you got the. What's behind? I can't figure out what would go behind your seat. That's what, is it like so it can move up and down, maybe? Well, the D-box is on each corner, and that's moving it up and down. And what's that big thing? Because like, your wheel and your pedals are up front. What's like, it's like a, I don't know, can you lay it? I don't know what that's for. Belt tensioning system stuff, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yep. Something like that, yeah. Um, but I don't know. But man, that's a lot of money. But I was thinking, nice. what kind of car you could buy for that money? <laughs> a real race car, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd show, uh... show a picture with all of it on, but we have a review here um, by the Sim Racing Garage uh, that is very in depth and shows it with all the wheel and pedals on here. And you're right, that is the belt tensioning system uh, that attaches there. So if you want to check out and see how it all looks with all the wheel and pedals and someone sitting in it, uh, click on our link here to the Sim Racing Garage. Yeah, as usual, Barry at Sim Racing Garage gives us great content to talk about. 
Uh, I'd never heard of this rig, and we talked about all of them, I've thought. But uh, here's another one we haven't seen, and boy, it is awesome. If you go to the end of the video, guys, where he's actually using it at about uh, the one-hour mark, um, check out how the whole thing is moving. I mean, like you were saying, Mason, the entire cockpit is on top of the motion, and so his feet are moving, the wheels moving with him, and everything. Yeah, the monitors are detached from that, but everything else is moving. Now, you see the the in-picture video on the left side? What is he showing there? He's showing, like, how much something is moving, but I'm not sure what I'm looking at. I think it's just to show the belt tensioning. Oh, I see. Yeah, motion rigs are cool, but this is a lot of money. Man. All right, let's get into results. Uh, we talk about the NASCAR iRacing Series, Kansas. I ran Thursday fixed, uh, wrecked out. I actually got caught up in three different big wrecks. I was running top 10 before all that, and uh, but bummer. Friday open, Tony Rochette also wrecked. He said he started second, spent most of the time in the top five, even leading laps and even overcoming a speeding penalty. Uh, 18th to 3rd and 14 laps, uh, waiting for the end to make his move, and the leader wrecked. He checked up and got clipped in the wall. He said he had a rocket ship. Uh, I ran P12. Uh, top 5 most of the day, got caught up in wrecks. Uh, mostly minor damage, though, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, Sunday open, David Hall, P7. Overheating at the end caused him to have to give up some track position. Uh, he was uh, talking about he thought he was going to blow up. Uh, Mason, you got P12. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was two great green flag runs. I mean, we we I think we had a caution in between them. Or no. No, we didn't. No, we had a green flag one pit stop and then you know, going again. And we almost had another pit stop. But uh, was running P2 there. We had the caution with 15 to go. And, of course, everyone... Uh, shared the same brain cell, and no one had it at that point. Um, so, just wrecked at the end. Yeah. Kansas was interesting. You could dig on the bottom for the first uh, 8 to 10 laps, and then you'd move up to after that is how I was running it. Tony, uh, how was your run? Oh, absolutely terrible. Um, I got no idea where I finished. I got caught up in, in silliness uh, once again. Um People wrecked in front of me, and I just couldn't, could not avoid it. Did what I could, wasn't enough. Um, and if I keep going on this way, I'm going to be under a thousand I rating uh, very, very soon. Um, I'm just a huge streak of bad luck. But um, so I'm going to skip Martinsville because um, I know that ain't going to end well, and we'll pick it up, pick it back up at Texas. Boy, you're a smart man, Skip Martinsville. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Sunday fixed. I ran to uh, Kansas for the final time. Wrecked out. Uh, so unlucky. I put always wrecks in front of me. I cannot miss, just like Tony was saying. I was in three of them, and I ended up blown up with two to go. I mean, it, it's it really sucks when you get through the end, almost to the end, and you can't finish. And uh, But it was a bummer. Let's talk about Martinsville. Wow. Uh, David Hall, he put P13. Don't have any other information. But Mason, you get it done. P1. Nice win. 
Yeah, I was in David's split, and uh, he had a rough race running mid-pack back there um, and, and getting involved in some stuff. But, uh, yeah, P1, I qualified on the pole. And uh, after our first, you know, three cautions, I finally decided to pit and uh, got distracted by the guy in the mirror. Apparently at Martinsville, it's okay to just drive through all the pit stalls, you know. At other tracks, we, we complain whenever people do that, and, you know we have to cut pit road at Martinsville or you lose so much time. And uh, I was distracted by that and sped, um, kept massaging on the set, trying to get turn more in the middle. And uh, eventually I had to stay out on tires for a couple times just to get back towards the front. Um, I was able to stay out from 65 to go to the end on the same tires because we kept getting cautions. Uh, survived several restarts in the green-white checker to bring home the W. So wait, the last time you pitted was 65 to go? Correct. Holy cow. We never ran more than five, six laps of a clip. Okay. And uh, and I got a picture here. I'm going to Martinsville this weekend. I think you guys mentioned that last week. Uh, I'm going to Martinsville this weekend, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get rained out. Um, it would be cool to see the race under the lights. I hope they do that. Uh, but uh, I got to uh, take a picture here of my car from the seat that's pretty close to where I'll be sitting uh, in the real race. So hopefully I can get a, get a picture of the winner doing donuts there too. Yeah, that was a nice vantage point to kind of see uh, what you're going to be seeing, right? Oh yeah, definitely. All right, well, have a good race at Martinsville. Uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, you still have an extra ticket? No, my parents are going to go with me now. Awesome. Yeah, well, enjoy. And uh, Will is going to be there too, Will Gibson. And you guys are going to hook up. And... Yeah, man. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, Shane Chastain ran also. Uh, he got P19, 24 laps down. Nothing else listed there. And then today, I ran. I got DQ'd out with 10 to go on the 22 incident limit. And uh, I was on the lead lap, too. Over half of the race laps were run under caution i can't even remember how many cautions it was but i was tracking it as we go and we were pretty much half of the laps were under yellow and uh, we did have one long run for about 60 laps in the middle but it was all cautions before that and after that and uh lots of wrecks i got taken out from behind once uh you know I was caught up in stuff I couldn't miss, and there were several things that I would kind of get through, and I would like sneak through it, but I would get a 4X because I touched somebody, but my car was fine. I had no damage, you know, but those 22 incidents, man, they add up quick at Martinsville. I almost feel like it needs to be higher. I really feel like it's a little too harsh for for uh, when you, you know, you get that 4X that, that really didn't really damage your car at all. It was kind of a ghosting 4x kind of harsh if you get dq'd and your car is only got 10 seconds of damage right yeah i never had more than 20 seconds damage or something the entire race and i had 22 incidents okay i didn't get wrecked you yeah. know it was just missing stuff and i you know these guys are the tracks blocked and there's one little lane left and you got to squeeze through there and you barely touch somebody you know kind of thing uh, maybe go for two x's instead of four x's or something like that. Maybe maybe like heavy contact 4X, but maybe more light contact. Like an in-between of a 0X and a 4X. Call it a 2X. Yeah. Medi medium, you know, collision. 
I think this happens to me every time at Martinsville, though. Um, I get to DQ'd out of at least one of the races um, because of this. But I'm not the only one. There's several people. Now, I was in top split, too, and uh, a lot of good drivers in there. And I wasn't I guess the you raced with one. Alex, then. Yeah, yeah, I think I, he was in there. I don't remember where he finished, but... Uh, man, yeah, it sucks because I got DQ'd out with just right at the end. Oh yeah, I see a bunch of people getting disqualified. So you weren't you weren't the only one. Yep. Well, how did he finish? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, he finished. Oh, okay, he won. He won. He led 173 go. laps. Not a bad race. Yeah, and I managed to stay on the lead lap. I, I did have one penalty where, uh, it was an interesting penalty. I was the uh. What was it? I had a thing where I was at the tail end uh, penalty. So they put me to the tail. But there was a delayed green, so we went an extra lap, and then there were a bunch of wave arounds. Well, guess what? I had to get behind the wave arounds. And so uh, I, by the time we went green, I was like right, <laughs> the leaders were right behind me, and I, I had to wait for all these uh, wave arounds to come around, and it really kind of threw me off uh, having that penalty with the delayed green is a huge penalty. But yeah, that, uh, anyway, I survived it. Yeah, I don't think it should put me behind the, the wave arounds in that situation. You know what I mean? I've had something similar happen before, and uh, it just causes a mess because everybody's scrambling to get, you know, around to get up to the field. Well, yeah, I was uh, I was the leader, and I was trying to... Like, I, a caution came out, and I was trying to catch up to the pace car, but there were at least 10 lap cars in front of me that weren't catching the pace car. And then the other time, the other guy who was the fastest other than me that I was worried about, um, we caught him out because he caught up to the pace car, and none of us else did, and he had already passed pit road, so we just all pitted and left him out there on tires. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's best to drive around a second time. Don't pit the first time by because people haven't caught up right and so just go buy it and then come around again and then pit because by then you're caught up to the pace car correctly and can usually get four but i was telling our uh, new teammate adam thompson today look dude if you're not in the top 10 and you pit you need to get two tires only because you're going to get lapped if you take four and because people don't catch up to the pace car this is a huge problem at martinsville specifically it's funny you mention that. Um, during the peak race at Indy, uh, a couple of guys pitted the second time around. And because everybody went so slow trying to catch up the pace car, they actually gained about eight to nine positions. I forget how many, but it was something like that. And they they had fresher tires, uh, and they were further up in the field so where they were. So it's definitely, if you're at the back of the field, you might as well go around the second time because on the off chance of gaining a couple of positions. Y'all, I pitted from at Talladega on the second green-white checker. I ran out of fuel. I had to pit from the lead for fuel, and I came out second because people didn't catch up to the field. So yeah. nobody else pitted. Go. I pitted for fuel, and I still started second. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I, I, th I think that's the one thing in iRacing that the drivers lack the most as far as driver skill and you know procedure and how you're supposed to do things in nascar is lining up on a caution um when you, especially at martinsville i mean because the lag time is just horrible you oh yeah, the, absolutely 
Yeah, if just the top 10 alone are spread out, what about the guys from 20th to 30th, you know? And, it takes uh, ages so, for them to get ready for, for that once they finally go. But the restarts, I can kill the restarts. Like That's how I won the race is because I got a half-second jump every time. Going early? Uh, messing around with the guys. You know, you just watch until they're coming up on your bumper, and then they start slowing down, you take off. Right, just timing, right? Yeah, you just got to time it, make sure you don't wreck on the old tires. That's the hardest thing. Speaking of Martinsville, is it legal in real life to go into the corner? As in, like, if you leave a big gap to the pace car, and then you go into turn three, basically, is that legal? No, because they have the restart zone. They have the restart zone, okay, yeah. I don't watch NASCAR that much, actually, so I, I wasn't sure. Maybe we should have a restart zone. And then what happens if you restart out of it? Is it a penalty or? Something like that, sure. Yeah, I think it is. All right, well, that's it for uh, Martinsville. I'm not running tonight. i got to go to a dance recital, but we'll uh, try again Sunday uh, or Friday night, and Sunday uh, we'll tr run again. Uh, Chris, uh, tell us real quick about OBRL. Uh, yeah, I had a great race last Sunday with those guys. Um, we were running at uh, we were running at Kansas, and um, I found like halfway through the race, the race, the track had cooled off a lot, and you could run kind of the typical line and gain a lot of speed. And I was able to to get out to like a one and a half second lead and and led the most laps. And I'm just I'm not fast enough to do that with those guys typically. So that was a lot of fun and finished third. And um, just great, great clean race in there uh, last night. Kind of the same thing. I got just a caution-free race, two green flag pit stops, and strategy. It was it was incredible. It was a lot of fun. But big shout out to those guys. Old bastards racing league. Yeah, they're pretty cool over there. Let's get into final thoughts. Chris Scales. I'm um, just kind of sad to see the the season wrapping up, but um, I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff to do this off season. You're right. It is kind of that uh, summer's over, and uh, we only have a few races left, and yeah, you're kind of thinking, man, I don't want it to end. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's getting cold out. Just kind of want, I just want to hibernate and just wish to do it bear style and just come back in the spring. I'll see you in February. Daytona. We need to get a day counter, day countdown. Mason Stiver, final thought. Yeah, several things here. Um, first, we'll see you at Martinsville if you're there. Um, second, I listened to the podcast last week. I wasn't on it, but you guys were talking about my headset issues. Um, because of the the Corsair headset we had had on there, um, eventually it got to the point where my headset was dying, like in the middle of a race. So I ordered a pair of Sennheiser 300 Pro, uh, like recording studio headphones, wow. and uh, they are awesome. And I'm using my Yeti microphone, and I turned off the bass shaker so that I could use the microphone. So that's nice. Um, and but yeah, some good discussion about that. I just got another email from Corsair about more new headphones. Um, and, uh, and finally, it's a little tough for me, but this is my last podcast with the Irish's Lounge. Uh, I appreciate everything from Team Tifosi and, uh, being able to be a part of this, uh, is a blast and, uh, taking you guys through, like, the last, like, 50 episodes at least. Um, so we're looking, looking on to some different things, uh, some more competitive options. Um, Team Tifosi is a, is a great place to get a start as an iRacer. You get, you've, do a great job of teaching the young ones the ropes and uh, and getting them involved in all different sorts of iRacing. So thanks, Mike, and thanks, Chris and Tony, for uh, for being great teammates. I appreciate it. 
Okay, well, we were certainly happy to have you. Um, you made this podcast certainly better um, um, with the script and uh, content production, different things you've done. So certainly uh, thank you for everything you've done and good luck uh, in the future. Um, all right, let's keep moving. And then Tony Groves, final thoughts. Yeah, well, hey, Mason, all the best to you, man. Um, hope you you make that next step that you're you're looking to make um it's it's been great being a you know being a teammate with you getting to know you and and uh you know establishing that friendship i'm sure we'll see each other on the track certainly not in the same split anytime soon the way that uh my luck's been going but uh all the best to you my friend um as for me and listening to your guys's uh results at martinsville um Aside from from Mason's win there, boy, I'm glad I made that decision. Um, it would not have been uh, pretty for me at, at all. Um, but I will be back uh, racing at Texas next week, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I do usually have a lot of fun at that track. So, um, yeah, that's it for me this week. Yeah, I'm pretty much ready for Texas too. So, all right, uh, Jarl Tian, special guest, thank you for coming on. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I, I'll be running the uh, Friday NAS and uh, probably run Texas next week as well. So if, if you guys see me in the race, say hello. Uh, hopefully we can race. Um, yeah, and I uh, just have to say thank you for inviting me over. It's been great. Uh, definitely new experience for me to do a podcast. I, I feel like guys like you deserve more credit. I think you guys do uh, a, a good job for pushing sim racing forward, you know. Uh, getting it out there to the public that's that's definitely a credible job so thank you guys well thank you uh we do appreciate you coming on telling us about your uh, great season uh i think it was a success uh, based on uh, what's going on out there this year and good luck uh going into 2020 we'll be watching you jarl Tian on the track and i'll look for you in top split of nis if i can get there my i rating is climbing so we'll see <laughs> Maybe go for a road to pro next year, huh? Well, I'm no, I have a I rating wall I hit about thirty five hundred. I can't seem to get above that, but um I'm a little below that right now. But uh we'll see. You never know. Uh my final thoughts, uh wow, I you know, Martinsville was tough. It's kinda like what I remember, uh, but the incident thing really makes me want the new damage model. I think that's the fix. Uh we were talking about it during the race, uh, amongst the drivers. Uh, hey, man, we can't wait for this new damage model. So we don't really have to worry about these kind of things. Like uh, Jarl was saying, uh, when you squeak through these things, you shouldn't get a 4X. You know, it should be uh, some other lower penalty or something. And so I hope they can get that fixed in the future. And that would maybe change my opinion of Martinsville a little bit. But, yeah, like I said, looking forward to Texas. Uh, I think I'll run good there. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.